Matthew 6, 9-13. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. Our time because we're uh, going to be spending four weeks. This is the third week of four in the Lord's Prayer, and the, Lo uh, the Lord's Prayer section is a part of a larger series called Prayers in the Bible. Um, but we've been spending extra time in the Lord's Prayer because Jesus said, and when the disciples said, "Teach us how to pray," Jesus said, "This then is how you should pray." So we're trying to figure out as a body, as a community, how should we pray? It's a good thing to to listen to Jesus when He says, "This is how you should pray." So that's why we're in the Lord's Prayer. But, you know, there's only so much you can uh, hear and endure me preaching, 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 and teaching about such a short prayer. Uh, and more, I think, giving us an opportunity to actually practice the prayer and, and be in community. And so that's why you have um, some of these uh, intermissions and uh, um, activities to interact and to pray more together as a body because the church should, frankly, pray more together. And there's enough, enough ways that we are individuals and isolated and alone. Um, so the one place that we can be a light and feed the soul is to be community, is to be family. And prayer is a big way that we do that. Um, before, but before we dive into things, here's the question. Every, oh wait. Every culture has some sort of carbohydrate, right? That is like the base, base of the kind of meals and food. Um, so I want people to shout out there, what are different breads of the world? Or what are your favorite carbohydrates or breads of the world? Breads of the world. Non, yes. Right. Rice. Oh, you French took bread. mine. French bread. Potatoes. Potatoes. Noodles, who said that? Nice. Sourdough. Sourdough. Is there Chala. Huh? Chala. Chala? What is that? Chala. Oh, okay. What did you say, Chris? Injera. Injera. Nice. Chapati. Chapati. Tortillas. Tortillas. Wheat. Wheat. <laughs> Wheat. Dead bread. Dead bread? Oh, I don't know what that is. In Mexico, that is a bread that they eat on the Day of the Dead. Ah. It's pita bread. Bagels. Donuts. <laughs> Donuts. <laughs> right. You know, they say like, uh, we have only one word for snow, but other people who experience snow more have many, 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 many words for snow. Right? And so I'm kind of offended when we just say rice because there's basmati rice, there's jasmine rice, there's saffron rice, there's steamed rice, there's Japanese sushi rice, there's, yeah, there's uh, San Francisco treat, right? Uncle Ben's, there's rice pilaf, there's risotto. Risotto, yeah, there we go. So there's many, many, many types of rice. Um, and there's nothing like rice. Right? And I've said this before that I love steamed rice. It's the canvas upon which I paint so I can eat. Right? Steamed rice. Opening, you know, the <coughs> pot of rice for the first time. 
when the steam just scorches your nose when you whip it in and you, you know, you're, it's so hot that your nostril hairs are, are curling up, right? And you're like, I gotta sneeze, it was so hot. And remembering my family eating around the table. Um, and Koreans kind of sh share everything in common, right? Family style. And there's all these side dishes, right? Kimchi, different kinds of kimchi, spinach, you know. And uh, putting that first kimchi onto a hot bowl of rice, right, perfectly mounded, is like stepping into the first snow right after it snows. Or the, the orange spice of the kimchi on the, camp, the white canvas of the rice is just beautiful. And so there's nothing like that for me. And I think a lot of us, we all think about food. Food is a big part of um, our lives. And it's a big part of, except for my son Isaiah, as you can see. <laughs> and it's a big part of our lives. It's a big part of actually people coming together and being family and community together. It's also about sustenance, right? And staying, uh, staying alive, right? And um, food is, gives us laughter. You know, sometimes we eat just to go out with people, right? Um, sometimes I go to the movies just to eat popcorn. Right? It's not about the movie, it's about the popcorn. Um, I also take naps in movies. Um, so food, right? And food is definitely, if we were to take a cursory look through scripture, the Bible, food is all over the place, right? And there are meals all over the place. And there are parties and banquets all over the place. And there's imagery of bread all over all throughout scripture. Jesus himself said, I am the bread of life, right? Alexander Shmiman, the late Orthodox priest and theologian, begins his book, he wrote a book called For the Life of the World. And he writes that, and forgive the masculine pronouns. He's old, maybe a little not politically correct. Um, Man must eat in order to live. He must take the world into his body and transform it into himself into flesh and blood. He is indeed that which he eats, and the whole world is presented as one all-embracing banquet table for man. And this image of the banquet remains throughout the whole Bible, the central image of life. It is the image of life at its creation and also the image of life at its end and fulfillment, that you eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. What a beautiful image is the banquet table, mm -hmm. right? The story of God's love for us unfolds, uh, unfolds us in it. It gives me goosebumps just thinking of the feast that is life at the table of the Lord. I've always been one who loves food, as many do. And all of humanity hungers after God. And the Bible, again, is full of imagery that points to the shared table. When we... Every third Sunday, when we do communion, communion Sunday, that's the shared table of the family of God. That's God's banquet table. That we, when we break the bread and drink of the wine, um, we're practicing being family in the community of God. Um, it makes me salivate to even survey the life-sustaining eating and drinking through the pages of scripture, right? the manna and the quail during the exodus, 
the water from the rock, meat and bread from the wings of ravens to feed the prophet, the unleavened bread, the wine of Cana, the ripping nets, the bread and the fish that just kept coming and coming and coming when the people were hungry. And Jesus looked upon them and said to his disciples, you feed them. You feed them. Because what? He looked at them, at the multitudes, and he saw he had compassion for them. It says like they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he did not want to send them home without having a meal. Jesus is like a mom sending a college student that came back home for the weekend to do a load of laundry, uh, giving Ziploc bags full of frozen food and burritos and stews so that he can go home, he, she can go to college and microwave it and eat, make sure that they're full. Jesus sends his people home with food, which tells us that God cares about right, the necessities, the practical things of life, not just spiritual, high spiritual things or healing people, but also, have you eaten? And we live in a world where there's scarcity, right? A lot of us operate, can't help but operate from a scarcity mentality. A scarcity mentality is a, there's not enough time. There's not enough resources. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough energy or love or heart to do this. I can't help that person stuck on the side of the road. I got to get to work, right? I don't want to go out in the rain and get my jacket dirty. There's not enough resources out there, and we only have to turn on the news to see that people are starving in other places. And yet, in some places, we're just gluttonous, right? We're throwing away food left and right. We're pouring water down the sink. You know, when in other parts of the world, women have to walk miles just to get clean, fresh water. There's such disparity, right? There's not enough. There's not enough. And so it's our tendency, when we feel like there's scarcity, is to, to gather, to gather, to hoard, to hoard, to hold on to that thing, the things that we have so we can save them. And we know the lesson from the manna, right, at Exodus. The lesson of manna is, <coughs> I will put manna every morning down for you. The people were complaining about running out of food, so God brought bread from heaven. That was on the ground every morning. And he said, just collect it for one day. Or just eat, eat what I give you that day, but don't store it. And what happened? People were like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to have this tomorrow. I don't know if it, we're going to have this next week. So let's collect it. And they collected it, and it got rot, rotten and all jacked up. Right? Daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Really, it's about trust, right? Do you trust God for your daily bread? Will you lean into God day by day for necessities, for needs, even when it feels like you don't have enough, even when it feels like things are going to run out? Right? and things are scarce, will you trust God? And not just trust God, trusting God also means living in a way that the bread is gonna keep coming. 
sharing with others in a way that the fish is going to keep coming and coming and coming, and that even when you give and give and give, there will be 12 basketfuls of leftovers. God is enough, amen? amen. There's abundance for us. And that's part of, I mean, that's what this is. As the Russian church celebrates Thanksgiving, it's about harvest. It's about abundance and celebrating the abundance of God's creation, the abundance of God's provision. Right? And we need to remember that abundance and trust in that abundance and live out of that abundance. Amen? Amen. Every time we gather, we are participating in the banquet table of the kingdom. It is the family meal of the Father's table. And this banquet, this feast, is characterized by abundance, joy, remembrance, presence, thankfulness, unity, and reconciliation, hope, and mission. It is what makes the church the church. When we celebrate communion on third Sundays, that is what makes the church the family of God, the church the church. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, Jesus offered himself, his body, his blood to his disciples saying, do this in remembrance of me. This command towards making memorial at the table of the Lord is the smell of home. Right? Every time we gather here to worship, we're getting a foretaste. Right? Just imagine a giant, like get these pews out of here, or actually repurpose the pews into a giant, like the biggest round table you can think of, just right in the middle of this. And on that is like all of this stuff, all of, all of the bread stuff that you talked about, all of your favorite foods, everyone's favorite foods out there just spread out. Tortillas, right? Shin ramen, yeah, sure. Right? It's all out there on the table. And every time we come to worship, we're not coming, you know, to listen to a lecture and like, oh, that's cool, and go home. Imagine yourself coming together as the family of God to feast, right? To eat, right? I love carbohydrates. I love rice. Just look at my belly, right? And I'm tired of being tired of church, right? I'm tired of being tired of church. And it's not, it's not the Bible's fault. It's not Jesus' fault. It's not uh, the way church was meant to be's fault. It's people's fault, right? We turn it into something that's not what it is. And what it is is the feast of the kingdom, the banquet table of the Lord, where there's bread and wine. And we're like, like one of those like feasts where they're eating big uh, drumsticks, right? The kings and the king's court. Right? No. And just imagine my, my shirt was like half and you just saw my belly. And I'm just... Right? Feast upon the Holy Spirit. Feast upon the Word of God. Feast upon one another's love. Feast upon, right? Being neighbors. Feast upon Jesus' presence among us. Feast, 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 feast. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> when we worship, 
and we sing songs, and we hear people's voices entering our ears, it's like that waft of, waft of scalding warmth curling our nostril hairs, but it's actually curling the hairs of our ears. Right? It's the reek of God's people that bears witness to the world. When we joyfully celebrate this great meal of the Lord, we reclaim everything that God has done as well as everything that will be done. When we come and gather and worship, it's a foretaste of what's to come, of the fullness of the kingdom of heaven in our midst. It is now and it is not yet. And actually, our very unity around the table as a community of reconciliation is the witness, is what makes us reek in an enticing and compelling proclamation to the world. Amen? They will see us and be like, I'll have what she's having. Jesus, when he says, give us this day our daily bread, bread is not just our physical needs or our you know, uh, our need for food, our need for provision, our practical needs, but it is also, you know, as Jesus said, humanity does not live on bread alone. Right? Come and eat, Jesus said. Come to the fountain and drink. Come and buy bread. Eat bread without cost. Why do you search for that which is not food? Come to me. And that's, that's the refrain in scripture, is God saying, it's not just the thing, it's not just asking me for things, but I actually am the daily bread. Mm -hmm. I actually am bread. What you need every day is me and my presence. Jesus saying in, Matt, in John chapter six, beginning in verse 35, and Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all of all he has given me I should lose nothing but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Jesus is saying, I'm the bread of life, and that's an allusion to the manna from heaven, right? I have been sent down from heaven to feed you on the journey. And in those times when you're like, I'm not sure, in those times when you have the scarcity mentality and you're whining and you're going, God, I've done this to you. Where you at? Where you at, God? Why are you ghosting me, God? God is, Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm the manna from heaven. I'm here for you. Do you trust me? And we need to pray as individuals and a community. God, give us today our daily bread, whatever that means for you, whatever that daily bread is, God, give me today what I need. Give me today the daily bread. And he is faithful. 
faithful to give and provide out of his abundance. Um, so what we're going to do is, uh, if you haven't had a chance, we're going to turn on some music. If you haven't had a chance to write down stuff on post-it notes out there, you can go, you can read what people have written. Uh, what we're going to do is, um, when you have a chance, take one or two of um, the post-it notes that others may have written, not your own. And uh, only take if you can make a commitment to praying for that those things um, for that person um, during the week. And we're going to see what happens, right? We're going to pray for our daily bread for one another. Um, and again, you can still feel free to write more um, and also take uh, the gluten-free bread over there as a symbol of God's answering um, our request, a symbol of God's abundance in our life and his provision of daily so does that make sense? Any questions? Mm -hmm. And then we'll gather back together. Please feel free over the course of the remaining remainder of our time to even when we're singing or whatever to stand up and continue to write or to take a piece of bread um, or to pray with each other, pray for one another, or ask for prayer. And uh, it's open. There's no, there's no lines. It's a big, giant table here. Um, but we are made to eat. Uh, and that means that we're not made, made to starve. So in the places where you are hungry and starving, whether that's uh, hungering for companionship, starving for a community, starving for purpose and meaning in what you do, starving for um, words of encouragement, starving for uh, fulfillment in your job, in your work, starving for your brain to open up for that problem in school that you just don't understand or get. Whatever it is, wherever you are hungry, um, lift those things up because God wants to feed you daily bread. Let's pray. God, thank you for the prayers that we've put out there in community. Um, thank you for um, the opportunity to pray for one another. And I pray that as we uh, grab other people's prayer requests and pray throughout the week that your spirit would come and listen and and show yourself strong that we would be down, down the road giving praises and thanks for how you answered prayer, how you provided for us. And even if you don't provide in the way and the time and, uh, and, and the details that we uh, want, I pray that you continue to help us to be faithful to the Lord's prayer, to your prayer, and asking for today's bread every day. That that. that 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 prayer would continue to take on more depth and meaning for us, and that it would uh, be individualized uh, for each of us uh, to bring meaning to uh, the prayers on our lips. Pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.